Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On Thursdays, it is just me. Yes, I don't have any uh, teleprompter in front of me. I don't have anything pre-written out. I have a few ideas, no outline. But it is me talking about something that I either touched on previously with a guest as part of a topic that I want to expand on. Maybe it's something that is trending now in the fitness or health or medical communities, something that I learned recently in business that can help people with their fitness businesses. I wrote the book Fitness Business 101 with the certifications don't teach you and sort of quick housekeeping here. That book comes out on audio for $1 this Friday. That book will be out on audio. So you can get that basically on any of the audio platforms like Audible and things of that nature uh, through Amazon as well. But today I want to talk about something that happens a lot in forums and in online and debates and how it kind of ties into the greater, I guess, cultural problem we may have of talking past one another. You know, everyone wants to claim this sort of like halo effect of their, their specialty as if they, you know, let's say they're a certified personal trainer. And now, now because of that, they have some, you know, other areas of interest, that they also dabble in nutrition, let's say, or, you know, life coaching, and they can tell you how to do everything and what to do. And it's getting a little ridiculous. Those same people will will do things on in online forums. I'll give you a particular instance where somebody asks a question about something and they will respond with something to this extent. And they might say, hey, uh, my clients are really having a lot of low back issues. I've had a lot of clients with low back issues. Can anyone give me some advice, maybe exercises or things I can do? And someone, someone right away responds, you didn't give us any specifics. Any answer that you're going to get from anybody else is going to be wrong because they also don't know specifics. <laughs> so that person is coming out and saying, no one else is allowed to give information here. I'm, the, I'm going to be the gatekeeper to tell everybody else that because there's not enough details here, that no one else can give a valid answer to this particular question. As if general information doesn't help everybody in, in, in certain instances, right? General information would help this person. If their clients have a lot of back issues, what you could say is, well, number one, did they all come into working out with you having back issues or do they now have back issues? Because you might need to audit your program if all of your clients are coming back to you saying, hey, I now have back issues. I didn't have back issues before. That could be a you problem in the way you're training them. You may have to audit your program and look at that. And then from a general concept, right, most uh, if you know anything about health and wellness outside of you know a, a small scope of personal training, most people in the general population by the time they are 55 have some sort of back issue. The vast majority of people, over 50% of people have a back issue by the time they're 55. Now, you can define back issue any way you want, right? That could just be simply going to the chiropractor because you you're, you have lower back tightness. It doesn't need to be structural. It could be muscular. It could be postural. There's a cervical column issues. There's a hundred reasons why. But ultimately, there are general guidance tips that you can give people. Number one, more movement. Right now I'm sitting down. I typically only sit down for maybe two hours a day. I make sure that I don't sit down for more than two hours a day. I try to structure my life around that. Some people don't have that option based upon their work, but they can. Right now we have standing desks and people are a little bit more sort of liberal in, in the ways in which their bosses allow them to do things at work. You can get up, you can stand up, you can walk around, you can work from home, you can do different things in your day-to-day -day processes to make sure that you're not sitting down all day, becoming stiff, right? We have to tell our clients, you, you need to be more mobile overall. There's not like an exercise prescription that you're going to do for one hour with a personal trainer that's going to override all of your bad habits you have all day long, sitting down, not taking care of yourself. Think of the average person, this is what they do. They're sleeping in bed. Then they get up only to then sit down at their little uh, breakfast nook or table to read the paper, eat breakfast, only to then walk 
maybe uh, 60 yards to their car to then sit down again, maybe drive 30 minutes to work, only then to walk from the parking lot to their work to then sit down for eight more hours to then leave the work, sit down again in their car, leave the car to their house to only then sit down and eat dinner and then to sit down on the couch and want Netflix and then to go back into bed and lay down, right? So like what sort of movement was done in that day? Nothing. Most of the day was spent sitting down. You get tight hip flexors, you lose glute strength. When you are, the muscles are weak, below or above an area, we know what happens. You get compensation patterns that happen and you get structural weakness. And that's what happens with our lower back because our butt, we're sitting on our butt muscles most of the day. But that's, that's another whole conversation. I'm not, I'm not going to go into the kinesiology behind why people have bad low backs. And again, I, I'm not talking at one specific person. I'm just saying the general population, we can give general information. It is fine. So, so we need to fight against these people who come out in forums and say, no one should be giving information here. Like, this is not, like, we don't have enough details about something. You can give general information about something. It's it's totally okay. Or you could ask for more specifics. But we shouldn't tell every, anyone else that they can't comment on, on particular things. Just because you yourself don't know the answer doesn't mean that other people don't have good information to give people when they're talking about things. And I think it's a... What it comes down to is nobody nobody really debates anymore. Nobody wants to do this, what I'm doing. They don't want to speak. And they'll lie to themselves and say, oh, I'm introverts. Some of the smartest, most well-spoken people I know are introverts, right? That's not an excuse to not talk to people about things. They hide behind their keyboards. And if something, if you can't defend a position verbally, if you can't talk about a position and defend it, you should not be bringing it up. It is not worth bringing it up because either one, you're being intellectually dishonest and you really don't believe in that and you're just trying to start a fight on the keyboard or two, you don't have an understanding and a scope enough of that particular topic to actually sit down and argue that topic. That's So So the don't bring it up. You And I'm going to get a little bit political here. You have a lot of people now who are pushing narratives, but they will not debate anybody. Ibram X. Kennedy, you know, people of the 1619 Project, there's been... So many people coming after them to say, okay, these are your ideas. We have our ideas. Let's sit down and debate. It could be on your terms. It could be in, you, you could pick the moderator. It could be for money. You can keep the money. You can give it to your organization. So let's sit down and have an actual debate that we can record, but they won't do it because there's so many people who are intellectually dishonest and they just talk to people who agree with them. And that makes, makes life easy when you only talk to people you agree with. And when you tell people and when you shoot people down, oh, they can't talk, they can't say this. There was literally a person that I just read on a forum who said something to the extent of, I don't use the word bad anymore and you shouldn't either. Because that, that you know, when you use the term bad, like bad back, it, ha- it gives really negative insights and connotations. Meanwhile, this person had just posted maybe a month ago how they were a brand new trainer, right? So you, 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 you don't even, you're not even in the hundreds of hours of experience yet What I'm over 30,000. And, and and I'm hesitant to give information unless I know it's correct. And yet you're giving information. That's really what you see, though, in the landscape of information giving. There's too many people out there who are giving information who don't actually have an expertise in the area, right? It's either some sort of halo effect where it sort of touches on something they know, or they just learned it and want to tell somebody right away about it when they haven't really taken time to investigate it. And they haven't used it on a daily basis over and over and over and it's a problem. And I hope that we have more debates and more talks. I've actually, you know, I've, I've sent out uh, social media messages to people all over the internet. Let's let's have a friendly debate just about anything. You can pick the topic. I literally made a social media post uh, six months ago to say, you can pick the topic and you can pick my side. I just, I just want to have a debate. You can pick the side of the debate that I have to represent just so we can kind of feel out where we can find some middle ground, see how we can talk. Nobody wants to do that anymore. They want to 
find you online, be a keyboard warrior, gain their little communities, hide in their bubbles, make sure that everyone believes exactly what they say. And if you don't, you're a bad person. Simple as that. And, and there's a, this big push for, you know, diversity. We need diversity, but nobody wants a diversity of opinions. No, they want, they want diversity insofar as everything else falls into what they say and is in, in full alignment and agreement with what they say. Because if it's not, then it's hateful. doesn't matter what it is. It's hateful as long as you don't agree with what I say. If I think things are bad, then, then things are bad. I actually had a conversation that I'm not putting out on this podcast because it was about empathy and empathy as a, as a definition, right? So I, I am not a uh, Webster's or uh, Miriam Webster's definition guy. They, uh, they have been compromised to say the least. And Miriam's Webster is now changing definitions based on pushback from the far left. And I'm not getting political here. I'm I am a, I'm a centrist, but uh, I don't I don't like anybody changing words and definitions. It's not good. You can make up new words. That's fine. Make up new words, and if you want to use those new words, you can. Other people don't have to. But to change definitions is wrong. Words mean something. They meant something through the span of time, and there's a reason why those words made it from point A to point B. And we shouldn't be changing definitions. And you know, the definition of empathy is if you if you look at other more more reputable dictionaries now that aren't changing their definition is me trying to feel your pain. I'm trying to put myself in your position and feel your pain, which is different than compassion. Now, they're, they're, sometimes they're looked at as synonyms, but they're not exact synonyms when you look at the definition. A lot of synonyms aren't exact, right? They're, they're as close to a definition as possible. That's what synonyms are supposed to do when you look in the thesaurus, but they're not always exactly the same. So when you look at something like compassion, I feel a slight pity for what you could potentially be going through. But I'm not putting myself directly in your shoes trying to feel your pain. And that's what empathy is. And because of that, that causes a lot of problems. What that causes is emotional problems. You have lack of emotional regulation when you try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. If my wife comes home and she is, you know, really mad and she's just had a really bad day at work, she's sad, they gave her too much stuff and they didn't they didn't do the right things at work and she's mad and angry and sad, do you think that she also wants me to be angry and sad? How does that help the situation? Does that help anyone? Does that help me be a better listener? Does that help me comfort her? Does that help me potentially solve her problem if that's what she wants me to do? If, if But even if she just wants me to listen, is it going to help me be a better listener if I'm now super angry and sad because I'm trying to put myself in her shoes? No, of course not. I want to have compassion for her. I want to pity her. And then I want to hear what she has to say but I don't want to put myself in her shoes. That leads to bad emotional regulation. They've done a ton of studies on this with empathy, right? So they have a, I think it was Yale, but basically they did a study where you sit in a room and they tell you a story about somebody who, let's say a, a, a poor five-year-old girl in Africa and they give her a name and they tell you her favorite sport is soccer and they tell you her favorite food and the things she likes to do on the weekend and they show you a picture of her and they do all these different things. And then they ask you, how much money would you spend to help her? And then they give you, they give someone no information. They just say, there's a village. They need your help. They're in Africa. People are less likely to give the same amount of money knowing that same amount of money could help triple the people, right? Or quadruple or a hundred times the people, right? You could help a village of a hundred for a dollar a month. You're less likely to give that dollar than to put yourself in that little girl's shoes. Now, some people just say, well, Steve, that's just the power of storytelling. They're just giving characteristics. They're just telling a story. Yeah, I get that. But it's also the power of irrational decision-making because you could have just helped way more people with the same amount of money. And now you're helping less people. So from a humanitarian perspective, you made a bad judgment call by helping the one little girl over all of those people for the same amount of money. If you consider being humanitarian, helping the most people you can with the least amount of money that you can. So 
you know, that there's a there's a problem in this world again. That, that was that, that was my tirade here on on empathy and why maybe empathy isn't always a good thing. And I'd love to have a conversation about that. But the person who had on my podcast disagreed with the definition of empathy. And and once we start changing definitions, well, now I have nothing to talk to you about because you're changing words. So now you're 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 an untrustworthy interlocutor. I can't trust you as somebody who's going to debate me and talk to me because you've, you're changing definitions. And we need to stop that. We need to stop changing definitions. We need to uh, stop saying that, you know, you can't say certain words. You can say certain words. You can say whatever words you want. But we just have to, we have to unite what those words mean. And we all have to be talking on the same page so that we can actually get somewhere and that we can help people if that's our goal, which most people who are talking on the internet, that's their goal. Ultimately, they want to help people. We're all, that's what we want to do. So, I uh, I welcome anybody who wants to debate me on any topic. You pick the topic. We could be a friendly debate. It could be a non-friendly debate, but we have to agree on words so that we can actually talk with each other and not talk past each other. And again, just to sum this up, general information, right? That's what I started talking about, is fine to give clients in fitness and health world. You can say, listen, it's typically not good to be 150 pounds overweight. We know that leads to comorbidities. We know that your lifespan could potentially be shortened. It's going to be shortened more than likely, given all the numbers and statistics we have. If you weigh over 150 pounds more than maybe your frame should be holding at any given point. We know that. That's fine. You can say things like that. You're not, you're not fat shaming and you're not giving specific advice. You're not saying that every single person who's over 150 pounds is going to die tomorrow. Like, no, that's that's not what's being said here. We're just giving generalities. Generally, it's good to have a, a, a caloric intake that's not extremely above your caloric expenditure or extremely below your caloric expenditure. We want it to be you know, somewhere in that ballpark so that you're not putting on a ton of weight and that you're not losing a ton of weight. Generally speaking, it's okay to eat fresh fruits and vegetables and lean lean meats. We know this is okay. This is good general information to give people. And then we get super nuanced. People want to start arguing the keyboard warriors because it's never somebody who wants to argue via camera or video or talk because I've invited them on and they all say no. They get super nuanced and it's, it really ends up being like a straw man conversation. Right? I'll say something like, oh, it's good to eat you know, vegetables and and fruits and, and lean meats. And they'll say something like, well, you know, a lot of people have, you know, aller- you know, people have allergens to all the different pesticides going on. I'm like, oh, I'm not talking about people who have allergens. You're making, a, that's a straw man conversation, right? You're just, you're bringing up another point, right? That's another subset. I'm just giving a generality. So we have to be okay with generalities, with giving general health advice and not always yelling at people to say, be more specific, be more specific. If someone's not giving you specificity in their answer, it's still advantageous to the greater population, especially the general public who doesn't, they don't always know the questions to ask. And we have to look at that too. So you're talking to somebody who is a medical expert about, let's say something that is medical, right? You're a physician and maybe they're a physician who's specifically in your niche, right? Your subspecialty. They're going to be asking questions the same way you would. You speak the same language. You have the same parlance and the same diction because you've learned underneath the same guys your whole life. You went to the same sorts of schooling and you read the same books. But some people in the general public just don't know how to phrase questions properly, right? They don't, they're not putting together the questions in the way in which they should. So yeah, of course it's okay to ask for more information. Hey, I know you said they have a bad back, but you know, have they had x-rays? Do you, do you believe it's structural? Is it muscular? Have they come to you beforehand? It's always okay to ask more information, but it's also okay to give some generalities to say, hey, Maybe your client should be moving more. More Everyone should be moving more. Typically, the general population, the reason why typically, again, 
the vast majority of people, I'm not, I'm not saying in every situation, it's because of lack of movement, right? They're not moving around enough and, th and that causes a bunch of issues that causes, you know, weight gain, that causes muscles to not be firing, right? That, that basically go dormant, right? Inactive muscles because we're not using them. And that, that causes, you know, structural issues in our body as well and inefficiencies because of the fact we have compensation patterns and synergistic dominance when certain muscles are not working properly. So this is just me going on a little bit of tangent when I see stuff online that I absolutely hate. And uh, yeah, reach out to the uh, Truly Fit Podcast social at trulyfit.app if you uh, want to see me debate somebody on any topic in general, or if you want to come on and talk shop about something, it could be completely harmless, or we can, we can go at it. It's up to you. Uh, reminder, Mondays are the interview podcast. It is me interviewing an expert in fitness and health, a physician, a personal trainer, maybe a tax specialist who knows a lot about fitness businesses who can help us out. Somebody who is in the fitness, health, wisdom, wealth. That's what we talk about here on the Truly Fit Podcast. And uh, next Monday, I actually don't remember who's going to be on, so I can't tell you. It's going to be a surprise for anyone listening now, but uh, we have five or six really good ones coming down the pipe. I'm just not sure which order I put them all in, so I don't want to tell you in advance, but uh, this has been a great run here at the Truly Fit Podcast. We're 180 episodes in. We're going to keep continuing this. Me just on Thursdays talking about something in fitness and health and just sp spilling it all out there uh, on a whim here, not not planning anything. And then on Mondays, they are uh, much more focused on education. So it's me preparing the questions for a guest who has a particular expertise in fitness and health. And again, we really, really, really want to focus on science and we want to focus on actionable advice that can help you guys right away because people don't have a lot of time. If you have 40 minutes driving to work there and back, I want to give you actionable advice from my people who come on this podcast. And that's what I expect of them. So when people start applying to this podcast and say, oh, I have this great story. I, you know, I became vegan and lost 40 pounds. Great. But that, that what, who does that help? That's not helping my audience. My audience doesn't care that you helped yourself. And I, I you know, I get that some people want this, these great stories, but that's just, that's going to be very few and far between in, in my podcast, because you can get them anywhere. They're a dime a dozen. Everyone has a story. I have a story. You have a story. And we all think we're more important than we are. Ultimately, I want to give people information so that you can help clients and that they can have stories and your clients can be the ones to have stories and you can continue to be the expert who's building up your resume and helping other people. So I want to give you actionable insights, science, emerging technologies, and information from people who have been there and done that. This has been an episode of the Truly Fit Podcast. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform and feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.